it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. And here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Wednesday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not going to be the president next year. You know who else isn't going to be the president? Joe Biden. Tell him like it is. You know who else isn't going to be the president? Nikki Haley. I agree with that. A lot to get into in this hour, including some disastrous results from the Nevada primaries for the former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. And uh, if you want to talk about disasters, uh, you'd also be right to include the clip I'm about to play you of Joe Biden. Biden is such a disaster. Heavy day on the show for your radio buddy, but 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the action. It's also the phone number if you don't want a piece of the action. You just want to call in and tell me you've had it with me and my way of doing things. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. Fine. The bell rings at 3. I'll see you out at the flagpole. But until then, uh, all are welcome. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Uh, You could be a furry. You could identify as a chihuahua. I don't care who you are, okay? You could be the girlfriend of a guy in Hamas. Okay, the only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a Boom! Happy Wednesday, everybody. What a fine Wednesday it is. Uh, If you autographed, if you ordered an autographed copy of my book, here's a newsflash. I don't know if you saw the video online. I signed all of them yesterday. Every single one. I posted a video on Instagram and on the Fox Cross America Facebook page that shows me with a few thousand books. I signed all of those books in like two hours, and then they were like, all right, halfway done. You cannot be serious. No, they were serious. I wound up signing another entire room full of books, but it's because you ordered them, and I want you to have them. So I went out and did the thing uh, because you guys were kind enough to invest in me and the product and support this little rise to you know somewhat relevance that we're enjoying right now. So for that reason, uh, I'm always going to go the extra mile and, you know, make sure you see that return on your investment as soon as I possibly can. Uh, That being said, this first hour, not about me. It's not about my book that I am plugging incessantly. Like, I know. I get it. You guys are sick of hearing about it. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. I get it. Okay, but we're trying to move some product, get on the bestsellers list and all of that stuff. It's just part of the gig. Uh, That being said, I'm one of those crazy people who believes in what he's doing. And I want this book to sell. I want people to read it specifically because I'm crazy enough to think that I'm actually going to change the country right now. Are you stupid or something? Maybe, but that's what I'm going with on this show, on my TV show, and certainly in my book. I have dished out a manifesto for getting back to a place where we're all enjoying the country. Freedom! You have it. Okay, and what you're supposed to do with it is a bunch of really cool. That's the point. You have freedom. So instead of fighting with people who don't agree with you politically, you have freedom. What that fight? What are you fighting for? Fighting don't pay your bills, boo. Okay, fun does. Go out and have fun. Do some really cool. 
Okay. So anyway, Joe Biden, and this is where we have to begin. And I hate to be on this subject two days in a row. It kills me. But Biden gave a speech uh, yesterday at the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And uh, he also doesn't remember Hamas. So a funny thing happened to me this morning. I was writing early in the morning. And, uh, you know, earlier to you know, coming into Fox. Sometimes I'll get up, you know, four or five in the morning. And I'll just write my living room couch, whether I'm writing stand up freehand. I write if you're a comic listening to the show, I write by hand. I write in like a moleskin notebook uh, or if I'm prepping this show or I'm boning up for TV, then I'm usually on a laptop and just dropping and dragging stories and kind of forming an opinion as I go. Uh, the truth is this morning I was just going through Twitter, like specifically going through replies I didn't get back to. You know, because if you guys write me a message, I'll usually reply with something because I'm, you know, Jimmy Fallon, man of the people guy. I keep being told that's going to change. It, I, I feel the same. OK, and if you're writing to me, I'm writing back to you. And I think you all have the messages to prove it based on the quality of the grammar. You know, it's me doing the writing. But stick with me as I'm jumping through my Twitter replies this morning. I see this video of Biden that I'm about to play you the audio version of. Okay, and I don't want you to consider this video as a Trump supporter. I don't want you to consider it as a Haley supporter. I don't want to consider it as a Biden supporter. I want you to consider it as an American, knowing that at a time when the world is engulfed in almost a historic level of turmoil and unrest, is this the picture of strength we want to be broadcasting to the world? Here is Biden attempting to talk yesterday about the Middle East. And I am being very generous when I call this an attempt to talk. I don't know what this is specifically because I don't think he does either. Now, I don't take joy in saying this. I'm not trying to get you worked up, okay? I'm not saying you got to automatically vote Trump, but you definitely have to nominate someone else on the Democratic side. Like, this isn't an option. If what I'm about to play you shows up at your house to do anything, If what I'm about to play you is at the head of a school classroom, if what I'm about to play you is working the cash register at a business, okay, you would not confidently align this with your brand in an attempt to instill confidence in your consumers. You wouldn't. And that's the point of entry to this conversation. Consider this clip and tell me this guy should be in charge for another five minutes, let alone another five years. Clip one. There is some movement, and I don't want to – I don't want to – I'll maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition. But um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas a reporter. But it seems to be. Uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. I'm not saying this with any animosity towards Joe Biden. And to be clear, I hate what he's done with the country. I hate how he's led the country. But I'm not sitting here mad at the guy. The guy just, you know, there but for the grace of God go all of us. It's not his age. Yes, he's the oldest president in the history of the country. But it's his condition. Okay, I have an Uncle Sam who's 96 who's training to run a marathon right now. Age is a number. It really comes back to your condition. If you ran the Carfax on Joe Biden, there's no way you'd be buying this vehicle. That's true. That is true. Okay, but we're not only being asked to buy the vehicle, but we're being asked to put it in office for another four years. That's stupid. 
Use your common sense. This is on the heels of what he said in Las Vegas the day before, talking about a French president who died 25 years ago. Clip two. Right, right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. It was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Have you ever had a check? Understand. Okay, he gets the president wrong. I talked to Mitterrand. I talked to Mitterrand of Germany. Okay, I get it. You screw up the countries. I do it all the time. I'm 47. But then he claims he talked to Mitterrand of France. And it couldn't possibly have been because Joe Biden won the presidency November of 2020. Okay, Mitterrand died in 1995. Biden's lost his marbles. Okay, it's beyond a slip of the tongue because he's done this on multiple occasions. Again, when he was talking about Hamas in the first clip, a reporter helps him out. He goes, the opposition. And you the reporter go, Hamas. And he goes, oh yeah, I'm sorry, from Hamas. Okay. Do you think Hamas feels scared? Do you think Iran feels scared of the United States right now with that being the tone of the guy in charge? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. Okay, seriously. We know they're not scared because they've attacked our troops on over 165 occasions. We used to be the team nobody wants to play. Hey, don't mess with America. And they didn't. Okay, people didn't. You understand? Because they were scared of us. Peace through strength. That's the value of projecting strength on the world stage. They don't respect our values. Okay? They don't value life the way that we do. They don't value women the way we do. They don't value, obviously, gays and LGBTQ plus IA, uh, dollar sign, paddywhack, give a dog a bone, whatever the language is now. I'm not mocking you. I'm talking about just the language has changed a lot, and I'm not saying it to be mean. This is America. You can do anything you want, and I support it because the whole point of America is to each uh, his own. Freedom! Say it again. Okay, but the point being is when you look out at a world right now, it's a dangerous world. China has encircled Taiwan. China's our biggest geopolitical foe in the world. Russia has rolled into Ukraine. Okay, that's happening. Okay, we've seen hundreds of thousands of people die. Okay, that's a thing. Israel and Hamas are in another ongoing regional conflict that involves Iran, the Houthis, and dead American soldiers. Okay, the world is a mess. Okay, we're in lean-on-me territory. Do you remember the movie Lean on Me, where Morgan Freeman plays Joe Clark, the principal? And that's a bad principal, no, uh, a bad school. Okay, people are doing drugs, having sex. You know, kids are beating up teachers. There's a lot of gang activity, and no one can read or write. Joe Clark, tasked with turning that school around, shows up with a bullhorn and starts walking around the school just breaking people down to restore order in the streets. You're the lowest form of life on earth. For real. It's like it's very much full metal jacket. He's, he's just walking around just giving people the... You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. Now, he's obviously not conversing on that level, but the point is he's forceful, he's aggressive, he commands respect. That's the thing that matters. He commands respect... And he instills self-respect in the people who have otherwise let themselves go and lost their way. 
Okay, people are defiling themselves on the world stage right now. What Iran is subsidizing out of the Houthis, what Hamas did to Israeli women and babies, beyond barbaric, it's just disgusting. But the fact is they're willing to act in this regard because they don't care what we think of them, number one, but number two, and this is the real motivator, they just don't fear us. Okay, again, you tell me if a world run amok, okay, Iran, which has billions of dollars worth of United States capital, Afghanistan, which has $85 billion worth of our weapons, China, which owns 96% of our renewable energy agenda, okay, and is making literally trillions of dollars off of our quest to clean up the environment while they pollute at record numbers. Do you understand when it comes to China and the rare earth minerals that power electric car batteries? Okay, China is opening coal plant after coal plant after coal plant. So we're essentially trying to quit smoking. We're buying the patch off a guy who has a cigar in each hand. Okay, they don't take our initiatives seriously, but they do make money off of them. Okay, when you look at Iran, they don't take our leadership seriously, but they do make money off of us. Unfortunately, they take that money, they give it to the Houthis, they give it to Hamas, okay, and it ultimately gets aimed back at our troops, which is why we have dead service members. Sad, not good. But understand, when we're talking about the presidency, the most primal imperative you have is to keep America safe. People all over the world want to attack us. Eight million people, the vast, vast, vast majority of them, people who are just coming here for a better life. But the fact remains, eight million of them have been let into our country. Okay, and we know from their own testimony that there's over two million gotaways, meaning people got into this country. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their motivations are because they got away. The other 8 million people we apprehended and let right in. Okay, and yes, they'll have asylum cases, and they could ultimately be told, no, you're not welcome here, but they don't actually get deported. We're not doing that. It's not a thing. So when you start to talk about the condition of the president, it's very important as it pertains to the most primal imperative we have, which is to keep our nation safe. People all over the world are coming here and crossing our southern border, two million of which, again, we don't know where they are. People around the world are attacking us and our assets in their regions with the end goal of hitting us here. You tell me again if people that hung up, people that murderous, people that divorced from valuing human life, listen to this sound clip and decide they better start behaving. Clip one. There is some movement. And I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition. But, um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. But it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. Folks, when you listen to that, okay, I'm telling you because I care, okay? If you're being completely honest and you hear that clip, what are you saying to yourself? That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House. Straight up. Okay, but then when you look out at the world and you understand what we're watching happen right now. This is baseball, baseball 101. You know in baseball, if your catcher throws down the second base and he has a weak arm, they're like, all right, we're stealing on this guy. We're running on this guy. Okay, no matter who you think the president was, Trump, Obama, Clinton, Bush, 
okay? Bush too, okay? Ronald Reagan, okay? People didn't run on our catcher. They didn't, okay? They respected us. We had someone there of sound mind and judgment, okay? We're now watching people take a 30-foot lead off first base, and the pitcher isn't even looking over because he doesn't know who Moss is without a reporter reminding him. I got a bad feeling about this. A show so good, it's frightening. I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. They're playing The Doors. One band you don't hear on Alaska Airlines. (laughs) Hey, where'd the band go? Where'd the doors go? They blew off. Not good. Uh, Speaking of get your doors blown off, by the way, how's that for a transition? Last night we have the Nevada primary. Nikki Haley uh, going up against a candidate called None of These Candidates. That's who is on the ballot, uh, Nikki Haley, who's been a great friend of the show, who I enjoy talking to quite a bit, who I sincerely believe, unlike social media, people in social media, she's a rhino, I hate her. Get her out. Get her out of here. They are rough to her on Twitter. But if you've met her in person, you would genuinely like her and have an affinity for her belief in the future of the country. That being said, Trump wasn't on the ballot for the primary. He'll be on for the caucus. So last night, Nikki went up against none of these candidates. That's who she lost to by more than 40 points. That was embarrassing. Not good. (laughs) You might argue uh, she'll actually do better against a human candidate in South Carolina. Wrong. But uh, one way or the other, regardless of what your argument is, uh, I really enjoy talking to her. Hope to get her back on again soon. Uh, But I don't see the path. You know, unless you want to tell me Trump's going to jail and that changes some of the polling. But I think the reality is Trump's not running against Biden anyway. We're going to get back to your calls after this, and I'm going to play you a little more Biden sound because this isn't a Fox News guy getting you jazzed up. I'm not here to make you hate Democrats. I don't care. Your Democrats hate themselves. Do you know how much you got to hate yourself to watch Morning Joe call the rest of the country racist all day? It's like it's exhausting. Joy Reid. Imagine turning on Joy Reid at night. And feeling good about yourself. Uh, Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Totally. But the point is, I'm not trying to get you mad at liberals, trying to get not get liberals any madder than they are at themselves. Okay, but I don't believe Joe Biden's going to be on the ticket. And when you hear other outlets like Bloomberg now saying, okay, this guy can't do the gig, that's the bottom line, okay? The guy can't do the gig. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. One of those listeners is Daniel. He's out in Salt Lake City, Utah. Daniel! Jimmy, what's happening, bud? I'm dodging the snow here in uh, Salt Lake City. Oh! Uh, Listen, uh, I love your tape there, and I I can feel your concern. Yep. And, uh, again, I love that you're neutral. It's about America. You're not the Republican or the Fox guy. Thanks, man. But I'm afraid he's going to come up a little short of the runway. He's just trying (laughs) to finish the term. Yeah. But I now 100% believe you. I think they're doing it on purpose 
so that all of a sudden, even though you think that July or August is a little late, it'll give them a little bump when they announce whoever it is. Yep. McDonald. But I, I had a top secret in the Navy. We have a thing called TPI, two-person integrity. I won't get too deep, but uh -huh. real quickly, we have a safe inside a safe. Nobody knows both combinations, uh -huh. right? He knows one, I know the other. Yeah. Same thing when you destroy crypto. You you can't do it by, you know, say, take my word for it, I did it. Uh -huh. you got to have two guys there, okay? Okay. So he has, Joe has, he has combinations and things that nobody else has, and he, his brain could freeze up. He's got to go, and I'm not trying to be mean. Yeah, no, I, I, I listen, I appreciate your concern because it's the same as mine. It's like, let's just talk about this as a country. Don't even talk about it as an election. I'm not saying, yeah. hey, you got to vote for the Republican. I'm saying, Democrats, do us a favor, nominate somebody else. <laughs> and then, yeah, and, and last thing, I'll just wrap it up because yeah, I know I sure. got my allotted time. Really quickly, it's all about perception. Remember high school football? Yep. You're supposed to not bend over and hold your knees when you're tired, stand up straight. Yep. You know, we got to have a guy representing the same thing on the gangway when we got the shotgun. It's perception. They don't know if it's even loaded. Sometimes we weren't even loaded. Yeah. But you're perceived that this guy's got a gun that'll kill you. So yeah. he's got to go, right? Yeah. Trump perceives strength. You, 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 yeah. you get the perception of strength, whether or not. He'll do it, you know, yeah. call my bluff and find out. But God bless you. Yep. Keep up the good fight. Hope I can work for you someday. And God bless you. <laughs> the bar is low if you want to work for this show, Daniel. So, yeah. No, keep... sir. I, don't, I disagree. I love Mikey. Oh. He's a good man. He's oh. taking time to talk. All right. He's You'll... a great man. Listen. And I'd like to see Nikki Haley just hand that money she's going to blow in South Carolina <laughs> to the disabled vets or the homeless That vets. That I, I could mean, get no behind. You know, she's a firecracker. Yeah. She has the right, but the writing's on the wall, okay? The writing's on yeah, the wall. Yeah, it's, it's God nothing. bless you. Great Peace. stuff, Daniel, as always. No, I do. I am quite a fan of Daniel uh, till he started singing the praises of Mikey. Get him out of here. Get him out. Come on, Daniel. Daniel doesn't know what he's praising. Listen, guys, you guys call into the show. Mikey's a call screener. He's the nicest guy in the world. Super smart, super competent. Okay, he's a great call screener. But you don't sit next to him in the studio. Josh, can you open up your mic for a second? Let's have he an honest Mikey talk before no we get on with the show. No idea what he's talking about. Yeah, how many things does Mikey spill in a given week in the studio? What would you say? I mean, it was enough that I could put a sign up saying, day since his last spill, zero, and just <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> Never had to change it. <laughs> Mikey, mm -hmm. uh, for real. Now, you have a great reputation with callers. Like, when I'm on the road, they're like, oh, we love Mikey. Mikey's great. We call him, we talk to Mikey. Sometimes he doesn't put us through, but we talk to Mikey. But why are why are you so spill prone? That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> it's the odds. There's three cups sitting to his right right now, and, and I'm not making full, this up. So this is the <laughs> two bigger... waters and a coffee or iced tea. Something. I'm not making it up. This is the problem, Mikey. You just diagnosed the problem. It's because you have too many cups. You're just by law of percentages, you're bound to spill one. Yeah. See how I come in with the one cup? I just have the one cup. And everybody, you know, iced coffee goes in it. God knows what else. But the point is, in the course of the day, you never see me with more than one cup. I think by law of averages, what's happening here is you're just overcrowding the zone, Mikey. Oh, yeah, 100%. Should we chip it and get you a cup? All these people who like you. <laughs> would you guys take up a collection, send Mikey like a funny cup, like a Holy Grail or something silly looking? Oh, that's fine. Josh, yeah. is that the answer? We get him one of those Fremont Street cups from Vegas? I, I, I think it, it would help. And I'm just very thankful that, you know, back during COVID times, they put up a plastic divider between me and the producer position because that has saved this board so many times. <laughs> in this it's not in the splash zone. <laughs>
It is so funny. I come to my studio and there's like FEMA guys in the background every morning cleaning up one of Mikey's toxic spills. Get your remember the time with the ice on the floor? Oh, I remember all of it, Mikey. I remember all of it uh, too well, but you're the best. Uh, Daniel, great call as always. Just ease up on the Mikey stuff until you spend a day with him. And we love Mikey. It's a very pro-Mikey show, but Mikey is a disaster in the studio. Uh, but the disaster we're talking about right now happens to be the one inside the White House. I think he's got a point. It's bad. So and I make the point not on the strength of my own commentary. Uh, here is Selena Marshland uh, at CNN. She's on CNN. She is a Bloomberg reporter. So she's over on CNN as a Bloomberg reporter. CNN is the worst. Well, maybe so. But they didn't bring her on for the take you're about to hear. Okay, but we've hit this really precarious fork in the road for people on the left that work in the media as activists masquerading as journalists. Like, you remember MSNBC tried to push back about Biden losing the black vote, so they did a barbershop segment. They're like, oh, Biden's not losing the black vote. We'll go to a black barbershop, and they'll tell us all about how they support Biden. And what did the analysis come down to? I played it for you all week. They're like, well, basically all my friends are voting for Trump because they said they had money under Trump and they don't have money under Biden. That's it. You're not going into the booth because somebody called somebody a racist. Okay, that's been a strategy that's worked for a long time for the Democrats. But they're having a hard time selling it now because the actual quality of life decline under Biden is precipitous, almost as precipitous as his cognitive decline. The guy's in bad shape. So CNN brings on a Bloomberg reporter to talk about Biden skipping the Super Bowl interview. An interview, mind you, where the answer to 75% of the questions is automatically guacamole. You can just say, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, great, you know, the Republic, the border bill, but more importantly, guacamole, the big game. You know, barbecue, wings, beer, you know, America. It's the Super Bowl interview. It's the easiest interview in the world. Literally the easiest one you're ever going to do. And they're skipping it. Okay, mainly because they don't know what's going to come out of his mouth. So CNN brings on a Bloomberg reporter thinking Bloomberg's going to stand their ground and be like, ah, this is a Republican conspiracy. Not even close. No, she doesn't. To her credit, Selena Moshlin uh, flat out says, you know, watching Biden speak in public explains why he can't do spontaneous interviews. Clip four. What's interesting, though, is that President Joe Biden said no to the traditional 60 minutes interview before the Super Bowl. And to me, him saying no to something that he's expected to do, a serious interview, he can really get his message out to an audience just sitting, waiting for him, waiting for his message, is telling. Is it because he can't handle it? And he just did that interview with Scott Pelley less <laughs> than a year ago for oh. 60 Minutes. Do you have any sense of why no on this one at such a crucial moment? I have no idea. I mean, just look at that clip that we just saw. If he is not able to follow the questions, if his staff is worried that he can connect the dots and find the word that he's looking for, that's a problem. Okay, bottom line, what she's saying is... If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. Okay, that's a Bloomberg reporter. Okay, Bloomberg, not exactly Mar-a-Lago Monthly. They hate conservatives. (laughs) They are not here to align themselves with a conservative hot take on Biden's cognitive functions. But it's impossible for any objective observer not to have the same conclusion if you watch these clips. Now, she was reacting to the clip of Biden forgetting who Hamas is. 
I can play it for you again, but understand as you listen to this, it's even more glaring on TV because you just watch the guy look around trying to find a thought. You watch the energy, okay, and you realize they can't let him do an unscripted interview. That's the problem. When Biden does press conferences now, he has the names of the reporters written down. He calls on them. It's instructed ahead of time how it's going to go. And then he has the answers on note cards. That's not a press conference. That's theater. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Straight theater. 60 Minutes wanting to ask him a few spontaneous questions. They're concerned. But again and again and again. And I said this in my stand-up special. If you guys haven't watched They're Just Jokes, what the hell's wrong with you? It's on Fox Nation. You'll love it. Like, it goes way too far. <laughs> like, maybe not as far as Chapter X in my book, but it gets going, man. I don't care. I'm a comic. I'm not stop, not policing myself. You guys know I'm bargaining with you in good faith. And anybody who doesn't, who cares? Okay, the world is not built for the people who are going to protest comedians. Cancel culture? Stop it. Cancel culture has been around forever. Okay, prior to social media, we had people who got mad at comics. We just didn't call them cancel culture. We called them losers. That is correct. But anyway, okay, I talk about this in my stand-up special. I say you could be the biggest liberal who ever lived. You could love Joe Biden. Okay, you love him. You love the family. You love Joe Biden. You love Jill Biden, the whole thing. You love Jill Biden so much that you think she's a doctor, like Whoopi Goldberg on The View. Dr. Jill becomes a surgeon general, his wife. <laughs> yeah, Jill Biden. Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would to... never do it, but she, it, she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor in PhD. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I could don't be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a teacher. I think she's, she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Fair question. That's that's Whoopi Goldberg saying she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. Oh, I could be wrong. That's what's coming at you. That's the level of analysis you're getting on The View. So Dr. Jill Biden should be the Surgeon General. She's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. That is a fact check false. She's a teacher, not a medical doctor. But the point is, that's the type of analysis that supports Joe Biden in this moment. Okay, here is Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, that same woman, that same woman talking about the need to stick with Biden. And the point I'm going to make before you listen to this clip is the point I made in my stand-up special. There is no one listening to this, no one, who would A, get behind the wheel of a car if Joe Biden was driving, or B, let their kids go in the car if Joe Biden was driving. None of you, none of you would allow your children to drive with him. And I'm not saying because of the obvious reasons, like the fact that he's going to sniff your kid. I'm talking about the fact that there is not a single person listening to this who thinks that guy would observe and process traffic signals or stay on the road. That's just reality. The guy goes the wrong way after just about every speech. He shakes hands with invisible people. He's talking to dead people like Jackie Walorski. He's calling out to congresswomen who he claims he just took a picture with, even though they're six states away. Okay, on Monday, he talked about meeting with the president of France, even though the guy died 25 years before he became president. And then, of course, you had the clip I played you earlier of him not being able to name Hamas. But here is Whoopi Goldberg, clip five. 
You guys ask me all the time, well, you can't support Trump. I will not support Trump, but why aren't you just backing Biden? I'm worried Biden's going to lose to Trump. I don't feel like, not if, I don't think like that we're recognizing, don't, don't, don't I don't think him. that we're recognizing in 2020 when he beat Donald Trump, a potato could have beat Donald Trump. We're in a global pandemic. The economy was in free fall. Uh, but you know what? It, a potato could not have beat him. Millions of because, people voted for And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because the one thing that Joe Biden knows is he knows how to run the government. He knows this. Yeah. And there was nobody else in the pipeline. And, and to come out and say, you know, get another candidate, you're a when? Well, and to be honest, I, yeah. it's not going to happen. No, I just, so, why, so why why, even start I that conversation? I, don't. I mean, my. The view is awful. Whoopi Goldberg says Joe Biden knows how to run a country. <laughs> Guys, I'm not saying this because I'm a Fox News guy. I don't care. I'm just a dude. I'm just a fat dude with a wife and a kid. Okay, 76% of Americans think Biden and the country are headed in the wrong direction. 76% of the country, if you look at the polling, think America is headed in the wrong direction. 75% of an NBC poll think Joe Biden is not mentally fit to serve. Okay, if you got into an Uber and 75% of the passengers thought the guy wasn't mentally fit, 75% thought the guy was going the wrong way. Are you actually going to declare that guy as someone who knows how to do his job? The answer would be no. Of course not. But that's the same Whoopi Goldberg who told you Dr. Jill Biden is an amazing doctor. And she would make a good surgeon general because of what a good doctor she is. You are so full of shit. One of the biggest challenges facing the country right now is there are a lot of people who are full of it that are so beholden to their party winning that they're willing to say anything in front of a camera if they think it'll influence people to agree with them. Okay, do you know how shameless you have to be? Do you know how divorced from reality you have to be to say Joe Biden knows how to run a country? Guys, we're presiding over a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths at the border. We're presiding over a record level of cartel violence, human trafficking, and the sex trafficking of children at our country's border. We're on the precipice of World War III, and groceries are more expensive by percentage than they've ever been in the history of the country. Yes, gas prices have come down a little bit, and that's good. They're still a lot higher than they were when he took office. Okay, but the reality is 76% of us think we're headed in the wrong direction. The response from the view is, well, what you guys need are just bigger portions. Uh, you know, I know I get it. The food sucks, but bigger portions. Okay, it's, we're living in the death of shame. And part of the reason people are so devoid of shame is because politics have become too emotional. When you're operating from a place of emotion, it denies you self-awareness. You're unable to look inward and go, hey, do I sound like an idiot right now? Like, think about it. Whoopi Goldberg opened her mouth in front of millions of viewers and said Dr. Jill Biden should be the Surgeon General because she's an excellent doctor. She's an amazing doctor. Dr. Jill Biden isn't a medical doctor. I'm surrounded by idiots. But that same Whoopi Goldberg level of intellect and analysis now tells you Joe Biden knows how to run a country. And if he doesn't win, it's because of people like Alyssa Farah. How dare you not want to elect a guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished? What are we talking? I mean, come on. Just because he's talking to dead people, shaking hands with invisible people, doesn't know who Hamas is. Come on. 
What's wrong? You know, time was if a guy had dementia, you didn't put him in a home. You put him in the Oval Office. That's what they want you to believe because this is too emotional for them. They don't realize how psychotic they sound. Okay, the reason I try to do the show from a very unserious place is I want people in both political parties to realize that the yield for this type of political consumption is destroying the country. People wanting to beat the other side worse than they just want the country to thrive is why we're so screwed. But when you listen to something like The View, when you listen to, oh, you know, Joe Biden knows how to lead a country. Okay, the country used to be a shining city on a hill. Okay, we're now sitting here as like a fixer upper on HGTV. Okay, the point is everyone on The View. This is total crap. Taking the edge off, one story at a time. America needs to learn how to lighten up. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. Listen to this clip from KJP getting asked by Peter Ducey about Biden not knowing what planet he's on. Clip three. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three-quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996? I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, Why? sir. What is We're the gonna rabbit go. hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In- you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich- Michigan. I'll just leave it there. She is so bad at her job. But in her defense, there's no way to be good at the job. She can't be honest with Peter Ducey. She goes, yeah, you saw the president in Las Vegas. Yeah, that's where he claimed he talked to a dead president. You saw the president in South Carolina. That's where he talked to a congressman who was up in D.C. at the time of the rally. (laughs) It's like, no, KJB, the point is we did see the president in these places, and he was just as bad as he is now. And that's the point we're trying to make. It's not Republican. It's not Democrat, to be honest. We have a president that is clearly not all there. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back in action, big hour of the show. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, bringing you an audio safe space for cool people. Everybody is welcome on this show. Okay, we don't care whether you agree or you disagree. Or you... I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. On this show, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a... <laughs> Boom! That is all. As we get going for another big hour. Top shelf radio in a bottom-feeding political world. It really is gross out there right now. <laughs> Kennedy's coming by. She's going to have a grown-up talk about all things Super Bowl and the 2024 election and whether or not it's time for Nikki Haley to get out. Uh, Daniel Turner will be here as well to talk about a climate scam we're about to get into involving your boy John Kerry. Money, 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 money. Oh, are they making money off of the climate hustle? And uh, Katie Pavlich, Katie Pavlich will weigh in on the border work being done by the president and Mayorkas. You have no idea how to defend a nation. No, they do not. But one of the things we haven't really talked about a lot in the last few weeks, a little study uh, about a freedom of information lawsuit 
that was filed against the Biden administration this Tuesday. Now, as you know, Power of the Future uh, is run by Daniel Turner, he's a good friend of the show, and he comes on to talk about energy, specifically clean energy. You know, and he'll talk about fossil fuels and everything in between. But the one constant drumbeat from Daniel Turner is everything they're doing right now as it pertains to the climate movement is creating more pollution, more pollution than less. Okay, but to take it a step further, a lot of what they push makes them a ton of cash. Again, if the climate movement had a mantra, you know it by now. It's please give us money. Okay, in the 70s. They were going to freeze to death. You had 10 years. You're all going to freeze. Please give us money. In the 80s, they're like, actually, we're red-faced about this. Thought we were going to freeze, but it's actually getting hotter. We were, like, holding the thermometer upside down. Man, is it hot. Please give us money. And then when we didn't hit any of those extinction levels of heat we were promised, they said, well, the thing is, it's just climate change. The weather changes. It rains snows, it's hot, it's cold. Please give us money. Okay, that's been the constant drumbeat. So Power of the Future files this lawsuit, though, in U.S. District Court, listing the State Department as the dependent, as the defendant. Now, according to the lawsuit, the agency has repeatedly refused to disclose the names and job titles of Special Presidential Envoy for Climate John Kerry's staff, while similarly resisting congressional oversight related to the matter. So they appointed Kerry as a climate envoy, which basically means he's the guy that gets to fly around the world in a private jet, creating 24 times as much pollution as he would if he flew commercial. And he's the one who gets to fly around the world lecturing everybody else about the need to reduce their carbon footprint while he expands his own. That's the gay climate envoy. But there's a lot of gray area to this because you're getting government funding but it's not a specific office that we've traditionally funded. So it gives Kerry a lot more latitude as a bureaucrat to impact energy policy without actually being held accountable by the taxpayer. So here's the actual complaint. For nearly three years, John Kerry has been jet-setting on the International Climate Conference circuit while sending taxpayers the bill. Today we begin the process of teaching John Kerry and Joe Biden that they work for the taxpayers. No one should have to waste resources on litigation, but that is our only option since John Kerry thinks he can keep his office off the books. Last month, they filed a Freedom of Information Act request with the State Department asking for an under-redacted list of Kerry's staff. That request came after the Boston Herald reported weeks earlier that it had obtained its own FOIA documents that showed a list of SPEC office staff positions and salaries but redacted the names of the individuals in those positions. Now, according to the Boston Herald, Boston Herald, pound for pound, the most liberal newspaper in the country. Like, I'm talk- this is one of those publications in the summer of 2020 that wanted to defund the cop and the village people. Okay, the Boston Herald said that Kerry's staff in positions such as policy analysts to senior advisors are collectively paid 4.3 million dollars a year. My goodness gracious. Some unnamed officials are paid as much as 186000 a year, making them some of the highest paid individuals in the federal government. Fox News Digital reported in 2022 that the State Department budgeted $13.9 million annually for Kerry's office with approval for 45 personnel. So between the 45 of them, okay, that are overall related to the office in some capacity, Okay, there's about $13.9 million to fly around. Okay, that's a lot of money. 
<laughs> for a government official, that's a ton of money because it's coming out of the taxpayer's pocket. Okay, they are, of course, pushing back, trying to deny the taxpayer access to this, with Kerry instead responding that he was soon stepping down to assist with Biden's presidential campaign. Now, why is he stepping down? It's like when a coach leaves behind a college program. Think of Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan. He just won a national title, but why is he going to the NFL? Because he is embroiled in a scandal at Michigan that's going to hamstring the program for the next four years. Okay, John Kerry, just like Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, okay, made a lot of money, but will leave a scandal in his wake. He's getting out of the office to have the plausible deniability of, well, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, I was a guy working in this position, getting ready to help Joe Biden win re-election because Trump's a white supremacist and all the conservatives are transphobes and all the garbage they throw at you. And, you know, democracy's on the ballot. So, you know, if we absconded 13 million bucks and paid people quadruple of what they were supposed to make and didn't deliver on any of our climate policies, what's the big idea here? That's what they're going to go with. So I'm bringing Turner on in about five minutes to talk about this. Because I consider this not like a, you know, groundbreaking story. It's not, you know, going to upend the 2024 election or anything like that. But it gives you really good insight into who really runs the country and what really happens with your tax dollar. And the reason that matters is because the things that affect your way of life as an American, okay, it's what the government spends, certainly, and it's how the government intervenes with your day-to-day life. Those are the things that influence us the most when it comes to policy decisions, okay? Your safety, your financial independence, and the amount of regulation that denies you freedoms you might otherwise enjoy. So you've got this climate envoy office. It's not a traditional office. It's sitting on at least $14 million that we know of. They pay themselves whatever the hell they want. They fly all over the world. There's a million of these exact Many little fiefdoms within our federal government. And when it comes to turning the country around, when it comes to doing a better job as Americans, not Republicans, not Democrats, Americans, we're all here, dude. As the country goes, we go. It doesn't matter. That's the thing everybody keeps forgetting. Okay, we're a football team. One party plays offense. One party plays defense. Okay, right now it's it's unfortunate because I don't like the Democrats in either position. I certainly don't like them on defense at the southern border. And uh, the offense hasn't been great either. Uh, we're in a lot of trouble overseas right now. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we don't have a lot of depth on the bench right now. It's not great. Okay. And I'm not telling you the Republican Party is exactly Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in their prime because the Republican Party is a joke too right now. But the point is the things people campaign on, like, oh, we got to get spending under control. We got to get this regulation under control. We got to calm down the bureaucracy. They all run on it. They all run on it. But do any of them actually do it? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. So when you hear about an office like this that you fund that makes a gazillion dollars, everybody on board is loaded, they're pushing initiatives on the rest of the world that they themselves don't follow, these should be the easiest things to get rid of. And this is my frustration, is being around government and covering politics the last few years, I realize they're doing the opposite of what I'm doing in my house, of what you're doing in your house. If you're the head of a household, okay, you're looking at the world through the lens of we have X amount of income, we have Y amount of bills, we have what we want to do, we have what we need to do first. That's just the reality of life. 
okay, they don't play by those rules because the federal government has you and me. They can do whatever the hell they want to do, okay, and if it cuts into the funding for what we need to do, they simply print more money and raise your taxes. That's what goes on. And until that actually stops, until there is actually some type of civilian oversight of the spending in these bureaucracies, we all get the bill for that. That's why your taxes go up. That's why the cost of goods go up when they impose new regulations. Okay, and understand the buck is always passed on to the consumer. No differently when they say, like, oh, we're going to tax the rich. Okay, any efforts to increase taxes always fall on the poor and the middle class. Why? Because we'll pay. We don't want any problems. Okay, if you've I've been audited multiple times, and it always winds up being like, ah, oh, you did this on TurboTax, you owe us 300 bucks. Oh, you, you filed this as a positive instead of a negative. We owe you 1800 bucks. But they're doing little stuff like that. I've been audited multiple times. Last time I got audited, the guy actually made the mistake of telling me. He's like, wow, you're the most famous person I've ever audited. I was like, wow, you don't say. So you're telling me you know I'm on Fox News and you decided to audit me? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Doesn't smell legit. But anyway, they were pleasant. We had a good time. I love talking to the guys, super professional. They were very comprehensive, very thorough, and I enjoyed it. But the reason all of these increases in taxes fall to you and me is because people who are rich got that way by being smart with money. And anyone smart with money is not just going to hand it over to a government that's $33 trillion in debt whose answer to every issue of fiscal responsibility is to just print more money. Remember the old Dorita crunch all you want, we'll make more? That's what we do with government spending. So when you look into the actual policies of like a bureaucracy like the one Kerry is running, and you see how much they spent, and you see they didn't follow any of the initiatives they were pushing, you realize this is a good teachable moment, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. I get that you support climate change, but if there's a climate office that isn't actually fulfilling its obligation to the American people, but they're spending a gazillion dollars, you're supposed to get rid of them. You are correct, sir. That's not a Republican point. It's not a Democratic point. It's an American point that Daniel Turner will make for you next. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Always grateful for an audience with our next guest. Uh, he is a fan favorite on this show, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say every show he appears on, Power of the Future Executive Director Daniel Turner is here. Turner! I hope to one day be an author like you also, Jimmy. That's oh. what my, that would be like like a huge pl- plug, a like huge feather in my cap. Listen, you are being generous by describing me as an author. It's a scratch-and-sniff book. It's, you know... <laughs> It's a pop-up book, Turner. What are we talking about here? I, I have just told you, wonderful producer, I am not tweeting it until I get my physical copy in my hand, which has been ordered. And then next oh. time I see you, i got to get your signature. Oh, that's so a big I, deal. No, no, the fact, that you, the fact that you haven't read it yet explains your willingness to be on the show. That clears up a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> that solves a big mystery for me and my producers, so thank you for clearing that up. Um, now, can we confirm that you did not abscond taxpayer money? Money to buy this, like the Kerry Climate Office. 
I will not answer that question, just like the Kerry Climate <laughs> Office. I don't have to tell so you anything. They're, they're literally doing right now, and I find this so fascinating. <laughs> this is something that college football coaches do. Like, they leave the program yeah. behind when they create a mess, and he's mm-hmm. leaving this office, is he not? To go yeah, work on the is. Biden he's- campaign? He's leaving to go work on the campaign. If there's one thing John Kerry knows, it's how to lose a presidential election. <laughs> so hopefully he does it again. But, yeah, this is exactly exactly what, what you see in football. My favorite example therein uh-huh. was, um, was Pete Carroll when yep. he left USC. Uh-huh. And then they took away the Heisman Trophy from Reggie Bush and they penalized him for 10 years. And Pete Carroll said, wow, it's terrible to see what happened to that program. <laughs> But that's and that's what Jim Harbaugh is doing. So he's going to the NFL. Michigan's going to be, you know, well, they were stealing signs. They were spying on the team. And he's going to be out in San Diego, sunning his buns, going, can you believe this mess at Michigan? Exactly. And that's what John Kerry is doing. But that's not why my organization is suing him, not because he's leaving. Mm -hmm. But we've been trying to get information from his office for years, right? This is a taxpayer-funded office. Uh-huh. So it's accountable to the American people and to Congress. Um, and John Kerry refuses to tell us what you know what's what his office does. Who works there? What are their objectives and goals? And you know, you you, you to an extent, you're you're a personality, but you also have a business side of your business, and you're accountable to someone in your great network. And if someone said, "Hey, Jimmy, what does success look like for you this month?" You said, "Yeah, I'm not telling you." But <laughs> right? you'd be in a world of hurt. And John <laughs> Kerry, we ask, "What is your goals for 2024?" Not telling you. What yeah. what meetings are you attending? Not telling you. I got tired of the secrecy, so we had to go to litigation. Good for you. Uh, the because the point I've been trying to make. We're talking to Daniel Turner, founder and executive director of Power the Future. We were talking uh, earlier on this show about how this is a really good teachable moment for people, in that there are a lot of fiefdoms within our government that have a gazillion dollars. Uh, we're not quite sure of what they're doing with it, and they're getting away with not telling it. And if you were thinking of our country like a government. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of our government like a house, okay? In your house, you've got to know what your money is being spent on. You've got to know what money is coming in. And just the basic fact that we're being denied the right to balance our own checkbook would tell you in your own house this is a problem. Yeah. Yeah. If this is a house, then John Kerry's office is the 14-year-old son with the door closed in a laptop. And you're like, what's going on in there? And you say, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you what's going well, on. Well, if he's 14 and he's got a laptop, we know what's going on in there. <laughs> well, I know what John Kerry's doing. I know exactly what he's doing, but he doesn't want to tell us. It's and the... that's not allowed. Because, because he's, he is accountable to us. He's using taxpayer dollars. Who's his chief of staff? Right oh. when he sits down at his desk, and I bet you his desk is is lovely. When he sits down at his desk, and his assistant comes in and says, "You know, Grand Exalted Secretary Kerry, you have a nine o'clock meeting with X. Who set that meeting up? What, yeah. Right? What are they? What are they talking about? Yeah. Um, and you cannot say, well, I don't want to share that information yeah. now." You know, Christopher Ray can get away with it to a certain extent as the FBI director. He yeah. probably uses it more than he should, uh-huh. right? The CIA can get away with it to a certain extent. 
but this is a climate office. What is the secrecy that you have to save from the American people? Why don't you want us to know? And, of course, we know the answer to that. Wow. So you've basically told me the climate movement is taking a really long shower at the age of 14. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for putting it on my level, Daniel Turner. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just as noble an act what the climate office is doing. (laughs) And and it's it's the same nonsense, except we're paying for it. And that's the frustrating thing. He does not have the right to say, I am not telling you what my office does. Wow. Um, and, and we have all felt the effects of it because look at your utility bill. Look at your grocery bill. Look at your – hey, they're celebrating that gas is $3 and change a gallon nationwide. Mm-hmm. But that's still a dollar more than it was when the guy took office. That's so a- life under the green agenda hasn't been great. John Kerry runs the green agenda don't we get to know what when does success kick in, John Kerry? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you anything about my office. No <laughs> seems, more. Seems totally legit. Uh, Daniel Turner, <laughs> stellar appearance as always, and we appreciate your ability to break it down to our terms. <laughs> this one's going to get me in trouble with my mom. Well, no, Sorry, no. What it can, but what it confirmed is you'll do just fine reading my book. So I feel better about this. I'll see you soon, brother. Be well. The great Daniel Turner. Kennedy is up next. She got by security. She joins us in a minute. It's America's life coach. Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, I will tell you, it's always a relief to have our next guest on, uh, but especially relieving today because I'm only seeing one of her. The last time we met, that was not the case. There were... (laughs) There was not. I, I had cloned you. Uh, the hu- the human highlight reel, uh, the face of the Fox News multimedia in platform. D. Here she is, Kennedy, back in studio. Hey, girl. Hey, Jim. The last time I saw you, uh, when we left your house, we were in L.A. last Friday night in the Pacific Palisades. That's right. Uh, we left in a very specific set of terms, uh, most of which are not repeatable on a family program such as this. But was it not just such a great night? It was fantastic. And I want to apologize uh, to my neighbors. We, we apologized in advance last week <laughs> on the show, and we, we pre-ordered the LAPD. Uh, so I just I want to thank the men and women in blue who yes. came over for – only giving the handcuffs to the people who had a fetish. <laughs> and to my neighbors, I am sorry, but, you know, we brought a little sunshine to the rain. We had a very narrow window where it was dry enough to sit in the backyard by the fire pit, yes. have cigars, have some old fashions. Yeah, did we ever. And understand, L.A. is going through a lot right now because there are some made-up weather terms hitting the region <laughs> by the climate people. Kennedy and I were just talking off the air about how you hear all these new climate terms. Is it not just designed K-Train to kind of spook people about climate change? Because if you hear a new term, you know, you're like, well, we never had it. Well, if it's a new term, it must be a new event. Yes. And so I was watching the coverage all weekend in L.A., and all the reporters were saying that we have not had rain like this uh-huh. in 25 years. That's not true. Yeah. I have on and off lived in L.A. since 1990, uh-huh. and there have been a lot of rain events, like PCH has completely imploded yes. from the mudslides. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't drive down through Big Sur. It was closed once when I was out there on vacation. Yes, yeah, so we have had rain. We've had a lot of rain because it's desert rain. That's what happens yep. when it rains in a dry place. Mm-hmm. Nothing is set up for it. And also the rain is very different. It's very heavy. Yeah. There are not 
settings fast enough on windshield wipers to get the water out of the way so you can see while you're driving. That's how heavy the rain gets when it's like that. But I know they want to call it an atmospheric river. Uh-huh. And I, I interviewed the illustrious and beautiful Janice Dean on oh, my podcast God, today. That's Janice coming out Dean. in a little while. Um, and she said, no, this is a term. She goes, I can show you in my old meteorological textbooks. I'm like, yes, but that's what they're doing. They're going back and finding the old terms. Yeah. It's like going back and seeing a picture of a corset <laughs> from a, an 1898 copy of Vogue <laughs> and saying, I invented the corset, but now I call it the, the boob stinger. <laughs> I just gave it a new name. Uh, no, the boob stinger, to be clear, is what you were engaged in when we were leaving your backyard <laughs> last Friday night. With the cattle prod. Yes, yeah, things got a little dicey. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. And what ha- what I've noticed is, you know, we're having so many conversations that are like devoid of nuance. And that's what these phrases allow you to do. Because you just hear, well, it's a bombogenesis. I, that was a term. Yeah. I'm like, is that a Phil Collins album? Yeah. What is a bombogenesis? And it, and it was great. Yeah, it was, it was when Phil Collins um, <laughs> he went, pl- went Rasta for, yeah. for a couple weeks. The, the and... Rasta Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Against All Odds, Mon is what the name of the song was. <laughs> Can't already love Mon. And, uh, but people hear it and they're like, oh, I don't I wouldn't want to incur the wrath of a bombogenesis. No, I better or a do bomb so. cyclone all right. and all that stuff. You know, lake effect snow. It was just <laughs> snow. And, oh, well, the climate is changing, so we have to get rid of buildings and cows, and then everything will be fine. No, it won't. We're still going to have weather. Human beings will be long dead. Uh-huh. In a million years, in a billion years, we'll still have crazy weather. Everything will freeze over. Everything will heat up. Uh-huh. It's, it's all It'll co- be hotter than Satan's butthole, and you won't have any humans. <laughs> In the end, it's all cocaine bear. They give it a new exciting mo- name, but it's the same crap. Yeah, now it's Ozempic bear. <laughs> He's not even on. He couldn't. Get, not as jittery. He couldn't get cast in the second one. They wanted him to lose weight. Do you know what Sean Duffy told me, which is fascinating? I love it. Give it to me. Uh, I and I, I had not heard this piece of cultural gossip. He said that women in L.A. like that the housewives style women, they're all on Ozempic, which we know. He said yeah. that they all do edibles. So they, they do edibles, they get super hungry, but they juice themselves with Ozempic so they don't overeat when they're high. And I'm like, this is brilliant. They've controlled the munchies? Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, and I, I can't believe I had not heard about that phenomenon. But this changes everything. It makes me, I hate Gavin Newsom. I can't stand the mono party in California. I despise the California Democrat Party, uh, but I love Love Los Angeles. Oh. I love everything about it. I love that it's beautiful. I love that people hike. It's superficial. Yep. I the, mean, everywhere you go into Gelson's and you see the 1776s, which is <laughs> the women with 17-year-old bodies and 76-year-old faces. Like, I love it all. <laughs> Kennedy is in studio extolling on the virtues of Los Angeles, something I wholeheartedly agree with. Lincoln is very pro-Los Angeles. Yeah. We're already making our fourth year live plans as we speak. Well, this is the only thing, Jim. You have to get... A bigger vehicle. We may have to rent a party bus just so you can drive enough people around. My OJ and tour. Give them the tour. Oh well, the they tr- deserve the tour. There are so many people mm-hmm. and my family alone mm-hmm. who have never gotten the Jimmy Fallon so, tour. So people don't understand this, but for the listeners, we'll let you in on the joke. When I give a tour of Los Angeles, Kennedy comes along and she's the only one in on the joke that I'm not actually showing them anything. I'm just telling them things are the things they wanted to see. And they're blown away by just how close it all is together. They're like, I can't believe OJ killed Nicole at Disneyland. Wow, these are so close together. Because we, we drive by 
the Santa Monica Pier where there's a few rides and a Ferris yeah. wheel. And Jimmy's like, there's Disneyland. It's smaller than you think. They're like, wow, I didn't know it was on the water. I'm like, no, yeah, there it is. No, you can see Mickey over there. Really I'm like, five oh, minutes from Rockingham. We can show you the entirety of Los Angeles in 40 minutes round That's trip. True. And people are blown away. Map to the stars homes. I'll show you all of them. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we've got people from the name of star registry. You know, when you buy one for somebody's birthday. But uh, it's a very efficient tour. Uh, and you should all experience it once. But since you brought up California, I want to... I know you've probably heard the clip. Okay, I am so steadfast with anyone who comes in here that Newsom's going to wind up running. Now, I know it's late in the game and it's conspiratorial, but one point I will make is Michelle Obama isn't running. Okay, she hates politics. She hated the White House. I don't believe she's running. But I believe Newsom or somebody might have to if this is going to be the face of the thing. Have you heard the Biden-Hamas clip? Just let just uh, just respond to this with me. I played this for Jenny this morning. We had a fascinating family moment. Josh, can you play clip one? There is some movement, and I don't want to. I don't want to. Well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the. Uh, the, the there's been a response from. The opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. So a reporter yelled Hamas, which is an ideal. They're like kind of helping him along. But my, just the whole concern is me and you, to our credit, okay, we make American points. We don't make Republican points. We don't make you're a libertarian, but you don't make over, overtly libertarian points. Like when you're analyzing something like this, it's an American point. That can't be the face of the thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's bad. And I'm not, we're not trying to appeal. I'm not saying you have to vote for Trump. I'm saying Democrats. I would buy a reverse mortgage from him, let alone <laughs> American foreign policy. No, he sounds like the victim of a reverse mortgage. Like, he sounds like a guy you'd get over on with a funny scheme. No, he sounds like yeah. your grandpa that has like a good hour a day. Yeah. And you have to make sure when you go see him in the retirement community, yeah. you only see him in that hour. You got to show up at 11. Yeah, because any, like, any later, it's like the, and it's pudding brains. The president is like bubbles the chimp because they say michael jackson's chimp is still out there it's like a florida sanctuary but i was reliably informed over the weekend you can go visit him but there's a specific hour or you're getting a whole different experience (laughs) we're being led by bubbles the chimp michael jackson's chimp is now running the country he's totally false i disagree (laughs) i disagree might might actually be Doing a better job than Joe Biden. Yes, but so the argument I'm making, I don't play that clip and go, oh, you got to vote Trump now. No, vote for whoever the hell you want. But if you're the Democrats, you, you probably owe us okay, better than so this. But he was talking, I believe it was on Monday, he was like, and I went to a G7, and <laughs> I was talking to Mitterrand from Germany. <laughs> oh, oh, it's France. And I, uh, I said... America's back. And he said, he, he said, uh, he said, he said, uh, for how long? And I'm like, you forgot the point of the story in the middle of the story. Like, you not only, you named, you name checked a dead French president. <laughs> Died 25 years ago. Yes. And, and then you, you name checked the wrong country should the democrats nominate bubbles the chimp they should nominate taylor swift she's gonna be 35 this year right is that true yeah 
and she'd win. She this would thing. win. Yeah, she'd absolutely. walk away with it. I mean, we talked about this last week when you were on. He needs her more than she needs him. I don't. She's got to look at that stuff and go. I cannot yeah. strap the, the country with this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like when I think of how popular she is and how well she's doing and her success is so deserved, it is. Amen. We both feel that way. Um, I just can't imagine like if you were managing her and her brand, and you concerned yourself with her legacy, that you'd want to tether yourself to something that's unpopular. No, because it was like. For him, it used to be every fifth speech. Yeah. He would say something yeah. incomprehensible. And now it's literally every speech. Yeah. And it's election season, so he has to be out there. But he squints more than he ever That's has. Bad. He doesn't enunciate his words. He gets lost in the middle of a sentence. And this is like every time. The, and for anyone who's seen a grandparent go downhill yep. quickly, that's why we all get a pit in our stomach. Yeah. Because we've lived through this yeah, movie. We don't and it's feel got a good. very sad ending. Yeah, we don't feel good. We're just watching something that we know to be the case. It's like on some level, you're watching Wheel of Fortune and you've solved the phrase before the contestant. It's frustrating to watch, but that's kind of what's going on. Kennedy's in the studio. And yes, the president of the United States and his diction should never fit in in your backyard at 2 in the morning on a Friday night. I mean, we sound like what he sounds like at 2 in the morning on a Friday night, but we're not leading the free world is the point. And that's the part I think, I just think it's so bananas. And I, I, I... I'm trying so hard, like in our politics, with the limited reach you have as a media personality in this day and age, to just get people to understand we're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Like we're just doing it wrong. Like we shouldn't be so beholden to a party that will absolve anyone of anything. And that goes for both parties, obviously. But I think, like I was playing this clip from Whoopi Goldberg earlier on the View. Whoopi Goldberg, who famously said Jill Biden should be the Surgeon General because she's an excellent doctor. It's my favorite <laughs> clip. It's my favorite clip in the world. Did she really say that? Oh, if you haven't heard this, hold on. A second. Well, give me this. Dr. Jill becomes the Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden. Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, she he would it? never do it. But she, it, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was a doctor like, in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't, oh, I, don't I could know. be wrong. Yeah, I, thought she was yeah, I think she's, she's a teacher, but. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, by all accounts, Whoopi is a big stoner. That's yeah. you know that's that's she's what one hears. One of the dumbest people to ever work in media, and she farts on the stagehands. I hate to bring it there, but uh, we we both have different points of access to the view. I won't name yours or mine for their safety, mm-hmm. but we both have very good frontline access to what goes on at the view. And I I know someone who actually left the show because they were concerned with their gaseous interactions with a member yeah. of the staff. But anyway, imagine that- having to mic her. <laughs> you'd have to wear a gas mask it's not and good. then you'd have to be like oh no i'm just concerned about covid i'm immunocompromised that's but, why i'm wearing this but full face gas mask but, but the woman who just said she's an excellent doctor she's an amazing doctor oh i could be wrong yeah that's the level of reasoning that's behind the points they're and there are dumb people who listen and to other dumb people and are clapping yeah, yeah dr jill yeah, put her in there dr dre would actually be a better surgeon general <laughs> Probably has more experience in the ER. (laughs) But then she comes in today and she says, why would anyone even bring up getting another nominee? Joe Biden knows how to run the country. And 76% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. That's that's the polling. According to NBC, which is pretty far left, he's got a 37% approval rating. Yes. 37%. Yes. And and again, NBC is not Mar-a-Lago monthly. Okay, they're not exactly cheering on the Trumpster. That's like a Trump number on January 7th. Yes, think about that. So the idea that anyone should be playing along like, no, it's fine. What are you guys doing? This is under control. That, I, I just think, is such like a dereliction of intellectual duty. 
well to, to be getting behind what this is. And again, this is not Jimmy saying, well, then you got to vote for this guy. Just vote. Just get us somebody else. That's anybody all. else. That, Literally anybody else. That, that's, that's actually all we're saying right now. Uh, maybe take a page out of what they did in the Nevada primary to Nikki Haley. She lost to None of anybody else. <laughs> I have to get her back on now. She was on last week. I genuinely enjoy talking to her. Sure. She's but if a you smart lo- and capable person. But, but unfortunately for her, Republicans hate her. I know they do. And and you, when you lose an election. To- it's not just pro-Trump Republicans. No, no, no. The Libertarian yeah. Republicans hate her as yeah, well. I know. But when it's anybody but you. Okay, anybody, but it's tough. I mean, that's like me trying to get a prom date when I was 16. (laughs) All right, give me two minutes of Super Bowl and the mass is ended. You can go get your life back. Uh, I know you're pro 49er in this game. Very much so. I want to see, the only thing I want Mm -hmm. on Super Bowl Sunday is to see Taylor Swift cry. (laughs) I don't care if Travis Kelsey cries. You want to take her down a peg? I don't care if Jason Kelsey cries. I I want her to cry because... You know, she feels entitled to her storybook ending for the season. Yeah. She's gotten a storybook ending for everything else. She has a new record coming out April 19th. Mm-hmm. She does not deserve this. Brock Purdy deserves this. Thank you. Like, if I have to choose one Tinkerbell princess to cry on Sunday, it's not going to be Brock Purdy. No, no. It's going to be Taylor Swift. I love this story. I love this angle of analysis because the reason I'm rooting for the Niners just the same is it's a punchline if she loses. Like, as a comedian, I'm rooting for them to lose because it means the last 20 weeks of our life were a punchline. Yes. It's like, who shot JR? It's set up to the joke. Oh, it was, yeah. all a ge- oh, it was all a dream. Anyway, we'll see you next season. You're like, wait, what? I just invested all the Damn you, Larry Hagman. You know? So if this whole thing is just a setup to that punchline, it is kind of funny. I'm fine with that. And I'm not. And it's not because of, like, well, she's good on doors, but. And I actually think she's smart enough not I, to. I agree with you completely. I don't think her instincts will fail her here. No, I, I don't think so. Because I think if. If anything, they're probably sitting around going, you know, if we wait this out, we might get somebody better to endorse. Mm-hmm. You know, I think. But that's that's what I said on your show last week. She if she were smart, she would endorse Nikki or not Nikki. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, that would be hysterical. But she <laughs> she would endorse M- Michelle Obama. Yeah. How about that? I still don't think she's going to do it, though. I just think she likes her life too much. She would hate running for president. She would hate debating. She would hate being president. You know, it's like for her, she already hates Trump. Yeah. She doesn't need any reason to hate him more <laughs> running against him. She doesn't need to stand on TV in front of 100 million people at a debate and get called a five. <laughs> she's like, I'm not, I didn't sign up for this, Barack. Well said, Kennedy. All right. If there was one message, it's go 49ers. Absolutely right. This one's for the faithful. Happy Super Bowl. Back after this. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. I want to talk about a stampede of stupidity. I'm going to play you one more clip from The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Here is Sonny Houston telling you Biden's going to be the candidate no matter what. Clip six. There isn't going to be another candidate. No. Yeah. The candidate is Joe Biden. Yeah. He so has suck run it up. this country well. He has so much to run on. He's got better economy. Inflation, inflation is down. Um, people, uh, job growth. More job growth than any other president in the past couple of decades. Infrastructure bill. Infrastructure bill. Waited jobs. So he has a platform to run on. The Republicans have zero to run on. And the best candidate that the Republicans could come up with is Donald Trump. That was embarrassing. It really was. But understand this, okay, and feel the way you want about Trump. That's not my job. Um, 
but the country was doing exponentially better under Trump than it is under Biden. Again, guy is polling at 33 percent. So when the views out there doing a straight propaganda run, oh, he's got a lot to run on. Nah, he's got great stuff. Job creation. Okay, the job creation are recovered jobs from the pandemic. Everything else is something imagined by the cast of The View, which is pretty par for the course when it comes to Biden because he's lost. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? Back in action, big hour. Coming up on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, one of my all-time favorite people in the world, Katie Pavlich, stops by to discuss the border deal. You gotta do better than that. You really do. Uh, Long story short, uh, it was roundly rejected, collapsed completely. Uh, And now we're sitting here with an ongoing crisis. But to be honest, if you wanted to solve the problem right now, you wouldn't even need a border bill. Okay, all you'd need is the people in Washington, mainly the one guy who has the ability through executive order to reimplement the Remain in Mexico policy, to do exactly that. Tell them like it is. That's what we intend to do. 888-788-9910. If you want a piece of this hour of the show... I, of course, always mention that it is also the phone number if you don't want a piece of this hour. Maybe you listen to the last hour and you just want to share your opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Okay, maybe. I don't know. It's America. You say whatever the hell you want. I'm just here telling you telling you the truth as I see it, uh, doing my best to give us a talk show. Not a conservative talk show, not a right-wing Fox News tough guy talk show, just an American talk show. Freedom! Rolling this stupid thing together, you guys. 76% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction. We're headed in the wrong... 76% of Americans, Republicans, Democrats, think we're headed in the wrong direction. This could be a problem. It's a big problem. So I am trying to give us a port in the storm of political pugilism where we can just converse honestly about how this affects all of us the same and possibly make some progress to the way we actually distill our politics. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There it is. Uh, You should also dig my book, uh, Cancel Culture Dictionary, selling everywhere now, foxnewsbooks.com. If you want a signed copy, if you saw the video I posted on Instagram last night, I mean, I signed thousands of books last night because if you support me, okay, I want you to feel that support right back. I don't want you ordering an autographed book at jimmysignedbook.com and then waiting around for months going, where the hell is this book? Okay, I want you to get the same enthusiasm back from me that you have shown to me in this program and my TV show and my stand-up career and everything in between because it's our movement, damn it. I know I say it a lot. It's because I mean it a lot. I'm only successful. This show has only grown at the record pace that it has because there are great people like you who have the same sensibility as a very mediocre person like me. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. On to the border now. Uh, Biden spoke last night about Donald Trump and his influence on the policy. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Let me just give you some real analysis. Real analysis, real number-based analysis, not an opinion, not an inflamed tensions, okay? Here are the border numbers, okay, for the past four years, okay? 
In 2020, Trump is the president. Year 2020. It's election year, 2020. Okay, Trump is the president. Okay. 400,000 people hit the border. 400,000. 2021, okay, we got a new president in 2021. Joe Biden won the election. Wrong. Okay, well, he did win the election. I mean, I, I can't say he didn't. He's the sitting president. Joe Biden has sworn in as the guy in charge of the whole thing. I keep forgetting I'm president. But he is president. Okay. So in 2020, Trump 400,000. 2021 is the first year of Biden. What's the first thing Biden did his first day in office? His first day in office. He repealed the remain in Mexico policy. That was a policy, follow me, that forced anyone seeking asylum in this country to remain in Mexico until their case was approved three years down the road, five years down the road, seven years down the road. That's how Remain in Mexico works. Why is the wait time that long? Because we have that many people trying to get into the country legally, legally, filling out the paperwork, trying to migrate correctly, the safe way for them, the safe way for you and me, the way that doesn't empower drug cartels and human traffickers to turn our southern border and the exploitation thereof into a $2 billion industry. So understand, Remain in Mexico gets rescinded Biden's first day in office and his first year in office. The border crossings go from 400,000 under Trump to 1.735 million under Biden. 1,735,000 people cross the first year under Biden. Biden sucks. Now, guys, that's four times as many as the previous year. Did anybody in the media acknowledge that our known border crossings went up by 400% the first year? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. Didn't even touch it. 2022, Biden's second year in office. Okay, now understand, Trump left with 400,000 crossers. 2022, Biden's second year in office, 2,379,000 people crossed the border. You have no idea how to defend a nation. Okay, 2,379,000. That's over nearly six times as many as did Trump's last year in office. 2023, 2,476,000 people crossed the border under Biden. So you understand, okay, one president, one president alone, one party, one party alone is responsible for the increase at the southern border because they undid the policies that had the number at 400,000. Okay, that number is now on pace this year to come close to breaking 3 million people. 3 million people could cross the border this year that we know of. Understand, we have 2 million known gotaways. We know these other two million are here. We just don't know where the hell they are. That's what we're being told. What the hell is the world coming to? But you understand when they start talking to you about, wow, this bill, you know, it's, it's Republicans, they're getting in the way. They don't want to secure the border. Republicans had the border under control. The Democrats undid the policy. They set the fire. They now want to put it out and claim they're the heroes here. That's what's going on. But understand the reason this is such a dereliction of duty by them in terms of, you know, them just demonstrating just an actual lack of concern or consideration for the people being exploited at the border or the Americans bearing the consequence of the fentanyl is these numbers that I'm reciting to you were explosive numbers a year ago. 
They were explosive numbers two years ago, and they were explosive numbers three years ago. And all they told us day in and day out was there's no border problem. This is just a manufactured Republican talking point. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Now understand, 2021, that number was a record. 2022, that number was a record. 2023, that number was a record. They broke the record three years in a row. Okay, and we still didn't talk about it. What did it actually take for them to talk about it? It took the number getting so big that migrants wound up in their towns. Oh, wow. Think about it. 2021, border crossings went up 400%, but they were confined to Texas, so you didn't hear a word out of the media. Okay, 2022, they went up by additional 700,000 people, but you didn't hear a word about it because they were stuck in Texas. 2023, okay, at the very tail end of the year, we started to hear, what's up with this? We need federal help. The Republicans are racist or something. I don't know. Give us money. The border's bad. And why did they say it? Because the migrants started to show up in their communities. This is not an anti-migrant screed. I don't begrudge anybody wanting to come here to make a better life. I just wish Democrats would be honest about the fact that millions of minorities around the world are coming here exactly because they can make a better life. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, they want to tell you that the country's a bigger, you know, systemically racist hellhole. I think he's got a point. I do have a point. And the point is... Democrats are so full of crap. But when Biden gets on TV last night and says Republicans have to decide who they serve, Donald Trump or the American people. Okay, Biden doesn't need Donald Trump's approval to fix the border. Biden doesn't need Donald Trump to encourage Republicans to go along with a terrible border bill. Biden has a pen and the ability through executive order to shut the border right now for all intents and purposes. I'm not telling you nobody's going to get in. I'm just telling you he can enact policies that will make the people apprehended at our border reconsider taking that thousand-mile journey by forcing them to remain in other countries until their asylum case is granted. Under the current plan, anybody who's caught at the border is let in. Ergo, the border's not closed because there is no Okay, accountability for people who skip asylum hearings. Do you know that over 92 percent of asylum hearings go off without the asylum seeker present? And when the asylum is granted or not granted, they don't show up to get deported if they're told no. They just live here. Okay, and again, if you want to come here to make a better life, you should. But we want you to come here legally because it's safer for you and it's safer for us. Okay, but when Biden goes out there and says, ah, it's all the Republicans. Okay, he's lying. And when you're willing to lie about something that's a life or death consequence, you are saying to the world, you know, you are beneath the position we need you to execute. Here's Biden, clip 18. We have to get the resources to the border to get the job done. So Republicans have to decide, who do they serve? Donald Trump or the American people? Are they here to solve problems or just weaponize those problems for political purposes? I know my answer. I serve the American people. I'm here to solve problems. Oh, he's here to solve problems. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. He created the problem. Guys, again, 400,000 border crossings in 2020. 1.735 in 2021. 2.379 in 2022. 2.476 million. Do you understand? Okay. 400,000 in 2020. We're now on pace for 3 million this year. He caused the problem. The problem didn't exist. He caused the problem. 
everybody listening to what I'm saying right now. Process that if you're not processing that. It's not a political point. This is the reality. This is like Judge Judy. So what's the problem? We got a lot of migrants here. Who let them in? You? You. Okay. Well, stop doing that. Okay, but instead, what he's trying to tell you is not. It's the MAGA Republicans. Listen to the rest of this clip. Okay, it's clip 19. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine, to make it clear to the American people that you work for them, not for anyone else. I know who I work for. I work for the American people. This guy's a serious ass. He works for the American people. Were you working for the American people the first day in office when you rescinded the Remain in Mexico policy? No. Were you working for the American people the first day in office when you killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline and took 10,000 well-paying American jobs with it? Obviously, no. Okay, when you fought to the Supreme Court to get rid of Title 42, you weren't working for the American people. They were home, locked out of school, church, and businesses because of health care provisions pertaining to COVID, while at the same time you fought to get rid of a screening mechanism for migrants at the border. That's not working for the American people. Okay, as it stands, you're trying to shame Republicans into passing a border bill that sends $60 billion to Ukraine and spends $20 billion on America. Does that sound like you're working for the American people? No, sounds like you're robbing them blind. Pursue some type of a globalist agenda, and I don't support Vladimir Putin on any level. Good God. But when you realize that this is how they value the lives lost and affected by what goes on at the border— you're supposed to be able to make peace with the fact that this man is not fit to lead. Okay, forget that we spent an hour playing clips of him having dementia, which he certainly has some kind of consideration there. Okay, but the character of this man, it really is so loathsome. And again, I can't defend most of what comes out of Trump's mouth. Trump throws a lot of wild pitches. Okay, but the bottom line is what Biden is doing is actually disgusting. Like Trump wanting to secure the border is not a bad act. That means less fentanyl poisoning deaths. That means less women sexually assaulted by cartels. That means less kids trafficked into the sex trade. Trump wanting to secure the border is actually a good thing for humanity. That is correct. Okay. You might not like the language, but the end result of what he's doing at the border, much better than what Biden's doing at the border. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. And to his credit, Trump has said, hey, don't sign this deal because it's not a legit deal. Now, you can frame that as, well, you know, they'd have a deal if it wasn't for Trump, but the deal isn't real. Okay, you heard Chip Roy say it on the show yesterday. If you're letting in 5,000 people a day, you're not securing the border. And every one of those people now cuts the line of the people who came here legally. You're also allowing the cartels to understand the new rules of engagement. You're also not finishing the wall. Okay, I don't doubt Customs and Border Patrol would like some enhanced help from the federal government, so they might support a bill like this. But at the end of the day, this is a crisis of their making, and it's a crisis that could be undone without us even passing a bill. So when you hear them pushing for a bill, they're telling you getting a legislative win, okay, scoring a political point is more important than the suffering of these people. And that's why you have to sit here on the radio and call it out day in and day out. The government's going to jump all over your head, Jimbo. Let them jump, okay, because we're not stopping. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. 
The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'll sing it one more time for the people in the back. Here is Bill Maher telling you the truth about the border bill, clip 26. Part two of the acting yeah. is Joe, is, is Joe Biden saying, you know what, if you just give me a new law, a new law, why doesn't the president can fix this? He already has the existing law. And border patrol this, this will is you also right silly. To your face. I need a piece of yeah. paper from Congress to deal with the border. No, you already have that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're a lying dog faced pony soldier. But he's not a lying dog faced pony soldier. He doesn't need a bill that gives him the power to deal with the border. Biden says that I need a piece of paper that helps you deal with the border. You have a piece of paper, okay? It's called the Constitution. Correct the mundo. President has a right to secure the border. He's actually failing in his obligation to you, the taxpayer, to secure the border. And, you know, I don't get on the air and say that because I want you mad at the Democrat. We're all getting screwed. Okay, if you've seen the videos of the migrants beating up the cops in the NYPD, here's the NYPD commissioner, Edward Caban, talking about it, Clip 25. A wave of migrant crime has washed over our city. They're essentially ghost criminals. No criminal history, no photos, no cell phone, no social media. Sometimes we're even unclear on a name or a date of birth. And on top of that, these operations are extremely sophisticated. They intentionally try to evade the police. Guys, these are the cops, you know what I'm saying? Okay, the people who you count on the most. Like when the game is on the line, okay, you're calling the cops. I know there were people out there saying they're bad, defund the police. Look, if you hate cops just because of the cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. I mean, that would be one way to do it. But the point is, okay, when you talk to people on that level of limited intellect, okay, who are like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need them. Yo, you absolutely positively, if there's one people, one group of people that you have to support, and I just, I mean this, this is the most common sense thing in the world. It's anybody throwing on a uniform, cop, military, fireman, you know, the people that are doing the things that have to be done when the game is on the line, the people that you're not doing, the people answering calls you're not expected to take, they always unilaterally need your support. When you hear what the NYPD commissioner saying, we can't even do anything right now. Okay, that means we as a society are supposed to be like, well, what can we do to help? And in this instance, it would be, I don't know, maybe use your voice about what these ball bags are doing with this policy and running behind politics and pretend legislation to solve a problem they could solve right now. Anyway. letting the band play they're excited people are break dancing there's pyrotechnics going off can only mean one thing the general in the fail of fashion army has returned to the airwaves of fox across america katie pavlich is back and the crowd goes wild hey girl i am back hey are you ever What's going on uh, there's a lot going on uh none of which <laughs> involves you showing your face on my saturday night tv show how do we work this out pavlich? i'm coming in a few weeks is that it's true happening. That's a it is true. That's a it's whole a fact. That's a big. 
Wow, the market's like that one. The market's racing up on the news of the Pavlich arrival. No, that matters. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. And uh, I told your producers I would love to come on as much as possible. Thank you. Obviously booked appearance. Got a little crazy with the travel and yeah. all of the cancellations in and out of uh, Iowa, New <laughs> Hampshire, et cetera. Well, so I apologize, but I will be it. there soon, and I promise the outfit will be rocking. you damn right it will, Katie Pavlich. This matters. Do you understand? <laughs> like, So the whole hook of this show, before we get into the adult stuff we have to do, um, the whole hook of the show, and I, I sell it as like a cable news keg party, and all that really means is <laughs> the only people on the show are really cool. Like, they're cool. Like, you'd want to hang out with them. They're cool. So it really it helps the street cred of the show to have you there because I – I almost oversell you because you are as cool as I say you are. <laughs> no, but you do because it's, I'm uncomfortable saying that I'm cool. Like I do cool things, but like my whole existence is making fun of myself. So having yeah. you in the barrel to talk about is almost a way of talking myself up by association because I'm like, well, Katie's cool and she hangs out with me. Do you see what's going on here? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I okay. appreciate the levels of cool always. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, you know, 13-year-old self probably would not have thought the same thing, so I've <laughs> made it. You know, the ugly duckling has turned into a swan, and I'm ready to be on the new Saturday Night Show. It's going to be great. A free-range swan, no less, in the Biden exactly. administration. You're a free-range right. swan, girlfriend. It's nothing yes, but the best. I can go best. wherever I want. <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, listen, as an Arizonian for most of your life uh, before making your way towards wherever the hell you are now, I know where you are. I'm just not giving any of the perverts listening. I'm not allowing them to geotag this conversation. Oh, I know. Yeah. Where you are. Uh, but when you hear about the border story, this is all it comes down to with me. And then we'll get the Katie Pavlich version of events. OK, everything we're fighting over is solvable without a bill. So if we start right there. I think on some level you'd have to acknowledge that if Biden won't do this through executive power, solving the problem isn't the priority. It's getting credit for putting out a fire that they started that's ultimately the priority. Wouldn't you say that from like 20,000 feet? Which is so interesting, yes, because I agree with that. Okay, fair. Um, I also agree that you do need some legislation to change the bar for asylum claims. However, that does not prevent the president from implementing some kind of pressure on Mexico to require asylum seekers to stay in Mexico like Donald Trump did. You know, let's not forget that President Biden signed 92 executive orders, you know, stripping the the system that they claim is broken, the mm-hmm. immigration system, from any enforcement, any deportation efforts, interior enforcement. They stopped the border wall. They've sued Texas for putting up barbed wire and for putting buoys in the river to prevent illegal immigrants from coming over. They sued Arizona for trying to make their own border wall with shipping containers. They've done everything possible to open up the border. And let's not forget that Joe Biden on the 2020 campaign trail said that he was fine with millions more people coming into the country and that they should, in fact, come here. And lo and behold, here we are. So the question that you bring up and the point that's a good one is that, well, politically, why would Democrats are trying to get this big bill passed so that they can get a victory? Well, Biden could do himself a real favor Mm -hmm. by just getting out his pen at his desk in the Oval Office and re-implementing You know, even just half a dozen of these executive orders that he signed reversing these policies, and he helped himself politically. Because it's not just Republicans who are complaining about this. Mm -hmm. It's not just independents who are really pissed about this. It's also Democrats who are demanding that the president do something about this. And so for him now to go out yesterday 
and say that the reason the border is not secure is because of Donald Trump is like a total joke. It's I like, know. are you serious, bro? Like, <laughs> come bro. on. The guy bro. who wants to deport everybody is not serious about securing the border. Like, give me a break. I know. It's so silly. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlich. Uh, it is so ridiculous, and it really is like performance art. Um, but the only thing I like about him blaming Trump is at least he's referring to a living president. You know, that's true. It's like, that's true. In a weird way, it's progress. Like the thing with Mitterrand from Germany, who's actually from France, who actually died 25 years before that statement. Like I like the point I was trying to make earlier. I had Kennedy on and uh, one of the three sentences we said that didn't get beeped out by the censors was that it doesn't actually matter. Like whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, when you're watching Biden right now, don't you just feel like on some level the Democrats have an obligation to the country to put somebody else on the ticket? Yeah, but Democrats don't. That's not their, their not goal, the goal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd think that they want to win, mm-hmm. which is becoming increasingly less likely. Yeah, it's um, But, you know, Democrats care about power. Mm-hmm. If they care about the country, they wouldn't have rescinded all the border executive orders, right? Yeah. That's That's not what they're concerned about. They're concerned about securing unlimited, uh, you know, essential political power for the end of time by importing millions of new people so they can then get them into these cities where they can vote. I mean, yep. that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say they have the best interests of the country in mind at all. That's scary to think, but that is kind of reality that the power means more than the people. But I oh, think for sure. But you know what's crazy about a KP? Like when you talk about it at that level, like you think of the summer we spent like literally waging a war on the police who are doing pound for pound domestically the most important job in the country. You can't have the country without them. But they were willing to go there because I think what happened, it's really weird, but you know when a little kid doesn't want to share a toy, so they pull on it till they rip the toy in half? Like, uh-huh. I feel yeah. like we're watching that happen right now with, like, big institutions, like even the Trump prosecutions. It's like if you've never prosecuted a former president once in 247 years and now you have 91 indictments, does it not speak to a kid being a little carried away in the fight for control? Well, and it's so amazing to continue to watch this because when Democrats – start breaking the norms that they claim they were put back in charge to protect, right? Mm, yeah. And this goes all the way back to when Harry Reid was the Senate Majority Leader mm-hmm. and blew up the filibuster, right? Remember that. Republicans are always like, guys, you know, there's like you're not seeing the force of the trees here kind of thing. There are bigger mm-hmm. implications to this. Maybe you should think about what this means constitutionally, that you're blowing up, you know, does you know, years of precedent and you know, progress and process here, maybe you should think about whether this will be then used against you. Like, mm-hmm. we're just warning you. And then they're like, nope, it's worth it. It's worth the ends justify the means. And then they do it. And then when Republicans get power and hold them accountable to their own rules, they freak out and panic. So the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Throughout this process and in the impeachment of the impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden, Democrats are on in their seats in Congress in these hearings claiming that impeachment is a very serious process. It can't be used for political purposes. <laughs> it should be taken very seriously and thoughtfully because it could cause problems down the road with with the way that it is used. It's oh, like, man. yeah, that's what Republicans <laughs> told you, and you did it anyway. Th- and they so do they're it. willing to blow everything up for the sake of their own power. It's the same thing with them taking Trump off the ballot. Yep. It's like, they'll, okay. They'll they'll break the toy to have control of it, at which point yep. we don't have a toy anyway. Did, <laughs> exactly. 
I'll never forget. Like, do you remember? They, yeah, they had that somber when they marched the articles of impeachment from the House to the Senate. And yeah, they had the like the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like remember Nancy Pelosi, like walking it over. Yeah. Somber with like the, the staged crying of a North Korean funeral. You know, everybody had yeah. to act upset like a Kim Jong-un a day. It was like so bananas. Well, they were all smiling at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> like, this like, is we can amazing. see you smiling. You can see it all over your face. But it's like it's such a dumb time to be alive in that regard. And, and you know, what I think is going to happen, like this is my guess, is they have to internally believe that there's a limit to what they can get out of Biden as a candidate. But I guess, I don't know, was the point you were making earlier, it's like the things we see as weakness in Biden, they see as strength because it gives them more power. Meaning if they can get him over the finish line, it's like other people, the bureaucrats basically run the country anyway. But does that increase their power if he's president? Meaning is Biden almost more appealing because of what we consider to be a declined cognitive state? You know what? This is so interesting. I was in a coffee shop probably a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. uh, in New York City over hearing a conversation of very young, uh, very leftist progressives, and they were talking about politics, and they were explaining how they wanted Biden to run again because he was easily controllable. He Mm -hmm. was this old white man with lots of white privileged guilt who was willing to do anything that they wanted in terms of their social justice agenda and what they wanted to do with changing the government. And so they were happy with having him in there because he's willing to do what they want him to do not what he campaigned on, which was being a moderate. And that was just spot on. I mean, it's absolutely true. And so that's what they think. They think, look, we can use him to implement our agenda. Other people can be in charge who are unelected, and therefore they get to change the government from the inside out. Yeah, it's so fascinating because I've been saying, I, I say this presidency is like an iTunes user agreement. Like they basically just hand him an executive order and they're like, scroll to the bottom and click. I agree. And that's, a se- right. that, that's all it is. The print's like, way too small. So he definitely can't read it. No, no, he's not reading it. There's no way he's reading it. And, and that's the point. He scrolls to the bottom, clicks. I agree. And that's probably how they got the, pro- the level of progressive support that they did because nobody wanted to vote for him like back in the primary season. But they got the Bernie's of the world, and the AOC's of the world to basically throw their support in there because they have a much larger voice than they would with a traditional president. So I think your coffee, your coffee intel. Okay, I gotta yeah. be honest. I don't trust a lot of the coffee intel in New York City. It's usually it like good intel. Usually, when I go to the Dunkin' Donuts next door. There's a guy arguing with himself. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. his space, because his spaceship is out of gas again. You know? Yeah, so, I was at a bougie coffee shop. Well, that's not true. gonna lie. You are Katie bougie, Pavlich. But only the very far left, non-privileged people in New York City can afford the bougie coffee. You know, it's like a treat <laughs> for me. But for them, it's like they go there five times a day. Actually, they go to their NYU classes, so yeah. someone else is paying for it, including us. Yeah, well, yeah. Anytime the conversation has the word daddy in it more than 75 <laughs> times. Yeah. I was talking to daddy about the president. <laughs> that's yeah. so much. That's, that's, that's how it sounded. It's my whole life. Uh, nothing will make you buy your own coffee maker in this town faster than an eavesdrop at a New York City coffee shop. So, or also burned coffee. Yeah. Like Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Uh, Katie Pavlich, uh, I'm so excited to see you on Fox News Saturday night. Maybe not yeah, as excited as the American people. But if ever there was a deliverable to keep hope alive in this country, it's the news you've given us. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll see you soon, champ. Be well. Talk to you soon. The great Katie Pavlich. (laughs) 
the whole hook of Katie Pavlich, just so you get it, is like any time I'm at an event, any time, White House Correspondents Dinner is the best example. If there's a really famous picture of us on the Internet because we both you know, kind of have a little bit of a style, a little more swag than a traditional cable news persona. Uh, but she is the smartest human being on your television night in and night out in terms of her ability and depth of understanding of every one of these issues. And she happens to be cool. And that's all I'm ever trying to give you on this show because you understand she's not making points like, you know, you didn't hear her say the word Trump 73 times like she's a surrogate for a political campaign. She's just sitting here making common sense points that are better for the country than what you're being faced with right now. They see Biden as an iTunes user agreement. You know, the other metaphor I make a lot is Biden is like an elderly relative with dietary restrictions. You know, the waitress comes and he's like, I'll have the lasagna. And before the waitress leaves the table, you pull her aside and you're like, Grandpa can't have cheese. Just bring him the steak. He won't know the difference. And the waitress like, you're like, yeah, don't worry about it. And the waitress comes back 20 minutes later, gives him the steak, and he's like, oh, I'm so glad I ordered the steak. And there's no idea he ever ordered the lasagna. That's a lot of what this presidency is. They literally lead the guy around. Like, I mean, if you watch the videos, the greatest one ever, Google Biden at FEMA. When he's there to give a speech in the aftermath of the storm, And he just walks off the stage halfway through the event. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. And they literally go fish him out of the cubicles and bring him back. Like the event's not over. There's a head of state handshake I had to cover on Fox and Friends first, and I'm so mad that I don't have the answer to this off the top of my head. But it's the one where they conclude the the bilat, where they're supposed to have a bilateral press conference. And instead of going to the center of the stage and shaking the other leader's hand, he shakes the guy's hand he's with and walks away. And the other guy throws up his arms in disgust. This is about four months old. Do you guys remember this, Josh? You don't have to answer me, but I'm trying to think of what it was. It was the president of a – yeah, it was at NATO. It was at NATO, right? It was the Brazilian president. And so he's supposed to – they finish – it's basically like a unity candle. If you've ever been to a wedding and they light a unity candle, it's the mother of the bride, the mother of the groom, meet at the altar – they light a candle. Everybody takes photos. And for a minute, they stop bad-mouthing each other under their breath. You know, the run-up to a wedding. It's like every, all the women hate each other. It's glorious. But the point is, they light the unity candle. Everybody gets their photo op, and they leave the altar and go sit in their respective pews. But in this instance, okay, it's the time in the mass for the unity candle, where the two heads of states are supposed to meet in the center of the stage, shake hands for the photo op, and Biden just walks out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> It's only funny because the president of Brazil, like, walks towards him to shake his hand and then physically throws his hands up in disgust. Like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) But that is more appealing to D.C. bureaucrats who want power. So everything we say as a weakness is actually more appealing to them. So I'm so every day, if you listen to the show, I'm like, no, no, he's coming off the ticket. They can't leave him on the ticket. There's no way he's on the ticket. But then you realize at the same time, the folks running things, okay, like the idea that we're horrified by him and his condition because it means they're the president. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A very inventive, troubled comedian.
bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Ready to rumble uh, as we take this thing in for quite a landing. I got to tell you, man, Katie Pavlich off the charts as always. Kennedy was great. Love talking to Daniel Turner about John Kerry and the climate scam. Man, are they getting paid in that climate scam right now? Money, 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 money. But there's, I mean, honestly, I respect it, okay? Telling gullible people you can control the weather if they just send you a couple of bucks? I mean, come on. Pay up, suckers. What's not to love? Uh, Just don't spend so much money that you can't buy a copy of my book. Uh, Cancel Culture Dictionary at foxnewsbooks.com. If you want an autographed copy, jimmysignedbook.com. Okay, I am trying so hard, you guys, like to the point that you want to punch me in the face for promoting this as much as I do. It's because I want people to read it. Okay, it's not about you buying it. Okay, I get paid the same way whether you buy two copies or you buy 2,000 because I'm a terrible negotiator. (laughs) But the point is, I care about the message just the way you get my heart and soul out of this show. I care. I'm new. It's funny. I was talking to Mike Rowe. He's going to be on my show this Saturday night. We were hanging out in L.A. last week. And he was explaining how he thinks it's so adorable that I actually care and I'm trying to help the world because they ultimately beat that out of you pretty quickly in the media business. Well, the fact remains they have not beat it out of me. Uh, So we're trying to do something good with all of this influence and visibility. And if you can help the mission, go down to your Walmart uh, where the book needs to pick up sales. We're breaking records on Amazon and anywhere books are sold, the Fox site. But buy a couple of discount books at Walmart or your local bookstore and spread the word to people who need to heed our message that you live in the greatest country in the world. So you can be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.